You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, and welcome back to Beer Babies, the podcast journey where we try to find the best beer that money can buy. I'm your host, and I like some beers. And joining me today, I've got a very special guest. I've got Kilty here from St. John's Bar, um, and I'm really excited to have a bit of a chat with him. So, Kilty, do you mind, just to start us off, let's know a little bit about St. John's and what you guys are all about. Right, eh? So, we're a, a small craft beer-focused bar in Launceston, Tasmania. Uh, we've been around for about seven years. Just had our birthday the other day, actually. So, okay, yeah, cool. definitely seven years. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it was good. We celebrated with a round of shots. Nice. We focused on bringing beer from elsewhere to Tasmania, sort of our main shtick. When we first opened, you couldn't really get craft beers in a bar anywhere. You could go to the bottle shop and buy it um, and and drink it at home. There was no bar that had a focus on serving your craft beer on tap. There's a couple of places that had a few things, but no one was doing it in particular. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about because it's interesting, uh, I suppose, like saying you guys are seven years old, I think I can sort I can sort of remember back to when um, this place opened because um, I, I hadn't been drinking for too long then, um, but I remember thinking like the craft beer was a really weird thing at that point in time. What was it so... You're saying you could, there weren't bars that did it. What was it that made you guys want to do it? Well, we'd all been working in bottle shops. So I came along probably about six months after the, the pub actually opened, but I was a regular drinker from the beginning mm. and threw my hat in the ring from the start. So yeah. the boys knew I wanted to be part of the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the guys who own it, they were all working down at Crown Cellars in okay. Bathurst Street. So yeah. they were selling craft beer there, getting a lot through. And they even had, I think they got to the point where they had growler fields so they had we're getting in kegs of mm-hmm. imported stuff from the uk and the us and they'd fill a growler and go and i'm not sure how legal that actually is <laughs> these days but yeah so the love of just all the customers a regular clientele coming through mm. who wanted to you know have a place to drink these beers together mm. you know and i suppose that's really cool um and it it makes so much sense that they were able to identify a hole in the market and then fill it so successfully because when you like it's it's in the name like St John's craft beer it's it is synonymous with craft beer in Launceston whenever I think of craft beer the first place I think of is here do you guys find that now that sort of the craft beers are becoming more common um, has that sort of changed your clientele at all do you think yeah definitely so a lot of the regulars who were rusted on at the start of things and sort of either moved on or come less than they did. And it's definitely since the what I call the proliferation of craft beer. Yeah. 
uh, has occurred. Mm. We get a lot more of everybody. In fact, a lot of it's mainly tourism driven. So okay. um, a good chunk of our summer trade is people from elsewhere okay. uh, coming by. So a lot of our focus has kind of switched, not entirely from bringing beers from elsewhere to Launceston, mm-hmm. but uh, we definitely showcase a lot more of Tasmania mm. in response to those people coming and asking for those beers that are yeah. local. And I suppose that that's probably too with like the growth of the craft beer industry in mm. Tasmania. Because I suppose like at, the reason we started this podcast essentially was because me and my mates would only drink pure blonde, um, which is like tastes like nothing. So we wanted we wanted to try new beers, um, and I, I feel like as we've been going, we're just learning more and more that like Tasmania, Australia, everywhere has all these amazing beers to offer. Um, so when you're when you're picking beers, um, is there a, a criteria, or do you guys just find the coolest stuff and bring it over? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, obviously we try to fill categories to start mm-hmm. with. So we'll keep a lager, a pale ale, an IPA, uh, sour beers, mm-hmm. and something dark at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it literally is. We try to find the coolest things we can mm-hmm. to put on tap for people who you know, haven't seen them before. And, and the best of the stuff that we can get regularly. Okay, yeah. You know, so we've got a good amount of supply of some of the, mm-hmm. the best beers from the mainland constantly coming through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if we can get our hands on something from, say, Garage Project in New Zealand or mm-hmm. uh, Sierra Nevada in the States, just for examples, mm. you know, some Scandi stuff like McKellar, mm-hmm. um, we will. We'll do our best to get something interesting on tap so when you come through. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing we do as well, we have this method, method, uh, methodology where we never try to keep one beer on tap the same for too long. Mm-hmm. And like we'll change a keg to a different beer once it runs out. So we'll switch parallels. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a really busy day, maybe three times in a day, we'll put okay. three different kegs on the same tap. Yeah, so uh, that, that, that is really interesting to me because I suppose then um, you'd want... So the, the people that are coming here are coming here for uh, the craft beer more than... A, a brand of beer, would, yeah. would you say? Yeah. yeah, that's it. I mean, there's only two things that we keep on tap all the time, and that's Stonewood Pacific Ale, because mm-hmm. they helped us out in a big way in the beginning. Okay, yeah. With uh, a lot of, you know, subsidised beer and, uh, and it, freight costs for it us. It helps that um, that's such a tasty beer. <laughs> oh, we, we call it the gateway beer. Yeah. Because it's so easy to slip on from, mm-hmm. like, a, a pure blonde drinker. Mm-hmm. Yep. You go, hey, why don't you try this instead? Yep. And it's, it's not in your face, it's not mm-hmm. aggressive, and it's... Really, really approachable thing. I know. So that's always I've, on. I've like so. I I used to be embarrassed that like uh, all I drank was pure blonde, but now now I get embarrassed because I say like, oh, my favourite uh, craft beer is the Stone and Wood Pacific Ale. It's like, it's the most basic answer. It's like, yeah, of course you like the number one voted beer for like twenty years in a row. Well, there's <laughs> a reason for that. It's good. It is really know? good. Yeah. Um, it's, we haven't taken it on our tap list for that reason. It's mm. it's pretty fabulous. Yeah, I yeah. think. Um, yeah, there's it, and it's awesome that so you've got that consistency, and I suppose it, it is nice to have that little that starting point for someone. So if someone comes in who like I used to be didn't drink a lot of craft beer, you could say, well, let's start here. Hmm, that's it, and we've come back around to lagers and pilsners a lot lately as well. Okay, uh, because a lot of local guys and smaller craft guys are making them mm. now, and they're, they're a really tricky beer to make mm-hmm. and make well. Mm. Um, so it's nice to be able to see some of the really good ones coming through. So, you know, even for the people who don't like craft beer and want a mm. normal beer, we've got options for them too now. It was like we had uh, 
Monophoma recently, mm-hmm. and they did the Tassie Brew. It was like a Cascade Blue Lager knockoff. Oh yeah. So as we were just saying, um, <laughs> uh, like yeah. So I've I found too like you're talking about the lagers and the pilsners and stuff. It it, it is interesting that like you used to think like oh like a smaller boutique brewery they'd be making like weird and wonderful things but now they are making those more standard beers like um i re- i tried the other week the um little rivers just there the dorset lager and that was a, a really tasty lager because again i'm i don't think i'm a huge lager guy but it's just something about it really good so it, it is really cool like you say that there there's this such a wide range of beers and that's what you guys provide so while we're while we're talking about beers i guess this is this is where the podcast gets a little bit personal i want to know um what is your favorite beer it doesn't have to be one that you guys sell but i just want to know what's your go-to beer that's a funny one like the truthful answer to that question is that it changes every week Mm -hmm. like that's sort of works with our ethos here yeah but Given that we spent a lot of time in lockdown last year, mm. uh, I got stuck on one particular beer, mainly because we have a, had a lot of it at the time, okay. and um, it was all we were drinking, and we thought we'd never drink another beer again <laughs> yep. at some point there. So what we had lying around was this Akasha, which is a New South Wales brewery. Yeah. Um, they're in just north of Sydney. Um, they do this single hop IPA called the Mosaic, using Mosaic hops. Okay, yeah. And... I ended up just drinking lots and lots and lots of that, and it became my beer of the year of last year, mainly mm-hmm. not so much because it was an excellent beer, and it is, mm-hmm. um, but because it captured a time and a place for me, yeah. and I thought, thought that beer really summed up last year mm. for me. It's like, got lots of it, but it looking like we're going to have none of it, yeah. and uh, you know, really enjoying the flavour of that beer, just in case I never got to have another one ever again. Yeah, and I suppose that's a really interesting way to put it, because I've noticed that now as I drink different beer, because I, like I said, I used to just drink Pure Blonde, but now that I drink a lot more different beers, I do often equate a beer with the place. So like mm. the, the Stone and Wood, uh, my cousin got married in Byron Bay, and that's all they had. So every time I drink wine, it takes me back to those beautiful beaches. And yeah. it's the same with like, um, I'll often now think of um, uh, the, the, uh, the Shambles, down in Hobart, uh, I went to a, a really good gig down there, and that's all I was doing. So, like, uh, you, you sort of you attach these things to moments, and I think that's that's a fun thing about beer that's probably not always talked about. So. Yeah, definitely. It's like you know, people people throw that sort of thing around for food that it's mm. you know centered in you know, time and place, but I think beer, especially mm. uh, because it's, of its variability and and ease of travelling with. You can tie it to so many different places and, like, there's particular beers for particular things that will remind you of certain stuff. Um, and that's, you know, I think that's part of the the journey, part of the adventure of beer, mm. is being able to go places and do, do things and have those memories be tied to a flavour. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you you are, like, 100% right there. And that's that, I, that, that feels like a really beautiful and poignant moment to wrap this up so thank you so much for coming on the podcast for for the people listening at home um where can they find st john's so it's in st john street in launceston tasmania that makes sense uh number 133 
Yeah, you can find us just by walking up the street yep. and finding. Yep. And you guys are St. John's on all the socials? Yeah, all of our socials are just St. John Craft Beer, uh, S-A-I-N-T. We never never abbreviate that. Yep. Um, never compromise. It's, that's it. It sums you guys up. Uh, we're kind of wishing we had because now <laughs> all our email addresses are really long. Yep. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for doing this interview. It's a pleasure. Thanks Um, for having me on. And I'm sure all the um, beer babes out there will be heading on down to St. John's. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.